It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV begins now. Probably not a very spirited version in the way that you're used to of Seminole headlines today, but certainly a lot to, to cover and a lot to, to get to. And we'll do so first by saying thanks to our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, Sausage. Oh, that wasn't hearty. That wasn't a normal was, yay sausage. It was a melancholy yay sausage. Yeah. Well, how about I do it this way? I'll just think of the uh, Herculean effort from the defense uh, against uh, Louisville's offense right. and the 13-0 season, and I'll say – Yay, sausage! There you go. There you go. That's fitting. Much good better. work. Good work. Uh, register meat. Registermeats.com is a website. But again, if you live in the Panhandle of Florida, the beautiful Panhandle of Florida, we like to call it the 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 something Riviera. It's I can't remember what they call it. Something Riviera over there in the Panhandle. Right. But uh, if you live anywhere in this part of the state, over to the all the way towards Alabama, if you have a Publix or Win Dixie. They should carry registered sausage. If they don't have it, just tell them you want your registered sausage and they will have it in the store. And also, you know, we've talked about the expansion over to Jacksonville as well. And the rest of you that don't live in this beautiful state, you can get registers too. Go to registermeats.com. You can get the Andouille. You can get the uh, jalapeno cheddar. Don't let the college football playoff screw in Florida State deprive you right. of registered sausage. That's a good but way can to we, go through. Are we, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask: Are we? Can we like shoot double birds at, at the uh, playoff committee on this? Is this league? Is that okay? Is it? Is that? Are we going to get kicked off? Oh, look at you! All right, I didn't know if we get kicked off of YouTube. No, I don't think we get kicked off of YouTube for shooting birds. Hand Man, we've been kicked off years ago. Yeah. Um, no, I. I uh, no, by the way, it's good guys, can I say before we even start? I think they got it right. Oh God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just but you're, kidding. but you're, but you're torn up for the players. You're torn. You're, you're uh, eating up about it. What, what did he say? It, yeah. I'm gutted. Uh, Big Shea was like, I'm gutted for the players. Yeah. I'm gutted for the Florida State players. It makes me sick to my stomach. But the committee got it right. And I'm mm. like, yeah, that's yeah. usually a good sign that they got it right. Because I know we all would have been, the whole country would have been gutted for those poor Alabama players if they didn't make one playoff. It would have been awful. How would we have lived with ourselves? How would the sport have gone on? But such an injustice. Especially, especially after all they overcame against USF and Auburn. I mean, how can you deny that Alabama team that fought back to win that game all those weeks ago against USF? And then you saw the miracle against Auburn. Who does that? Who does that other than a deserving playoff team? God's team. Heart of a champion. Heart Heart of a champion. And so. I, I think that's what bothers me as I get, as I try to come to grips with all this, what bothers me more than anything. And I talked on, I touched on this with, on wake up. It's who Florida state got left out for. Like, I don't know that it would have mattered. It probably wouldn't have, but if for some reason it was even like Arkansas or Tennessee or even a, a, another team from another UCLA had a great season or something like Alabama, it's their eighth time in 10 years. They've had the cut, they've had the playoff 10 times. Eight times now Alabama's been in it. And you left a team like it 
I would have liked it to be appreciated that Florida State came from the depths it came from. Think about where 2020, where these programs were. Alabama won a national championship. Florida State could have lost by 100 points to Clemson if they would have played. And here we are three years later. Florida State is better than Alabama, has a better record than Alabama, and Alabama gets to go anyway. It's like it wasn't appreciated what Florida State did this season and also how far they've come. That was what was so – because how, because the Yankees had to get in. Yeah, but I don't I, I don't view this as an Alabama problem. I view this as the whole system. Oh, I, yes, I do too. But it's it, it just pains me even more that it was Alabama. It just yeah. it's like really these guys, you had to get these guys in over at all costs. That uh, team that's been in eight times now. The levels of dishonesty throughout the whole thing are really problematic because even within the screw job that directly affects Florida State, they screwed it up, man. Lean into it, everybody. Let's go. Why is Florida State fifth? Florida State should be ninth, according to the committee's logic, or 10th or 11th or 12th. But instead, they rank them fifth, and that's insulting. In a way, it's just kind of the ultimate FU. Like, we know that you know this is all nonsense. Here, here's here you go. We're gonna put you at five. We're gonna patronize right. you. That's and it shouldn't have been. Yeah, and the whole thing, like I, you get mad even talking about the mechanics of it because none of it makes sense. But why was Florida State fourth going into the last week? I mean, that made right. no sense. If if you're gonna do this, why were they fourth? And why was Texas what eighth, seventh? Yes, yeah. But yeah. Texas seventh. shoots all the way up because of that big win over Oklahoma State, who stinks. I mean. They've had a good run at middle of the season, but they've had some horrendous losses. I heard, I heard so, you guys anyway, talking on. I, I heard you guys talking on Jeff's show. Uh, I, I disagree because in one instance, I think if Georgia wins that game, Texas isn't in. I think no, I, Texas. I, I, had, I wrote that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought y'all saw. I thought y'all thought that even if Florida State, even if Georgia had won, Texas jumps Florida State. No, Jeff said they true. might have. I think oh, Jeff okay. said they might have, and I think they might have. And but they no, put Texas I, I, in three after all. Yeah. Well, they had to because they they had to get Alabama in. That's what I'm saying, though. I yeah. mean, like that's what makes it all so disingenuous. Nothing like, makes there, sense. There's no way that Texas that win was worthy of jumping four spots. And and I tell you this, I don't care how good Florida State is ever again. I'm not I'm not participating in another in another live college football reaction ah. show, college football that playoff works. reaction show. I'm not doing it. It's pointless. You've said it all year, Jeff, that it's a it's a it's a TV show, but it's not just a TV show; it's pointless. It 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 does not tell you what the final result will be because there's no way that if they're well, being uh, genuine that that Florida State goes from four to five after winning beating a top fifteen team on the road with a backup a third string quarterback and Texas jumps four spots. They had to get Florida State in. Jordan Travis didn't play against Florida either, and Florida State moved up. But when the next time, when even Tate Rodemaker's not playing, they moved down because they had to get Alabama in. So those five shows before the final one are pointless. And I'm not taking well, part in it again, Gene. I don't care. <laughs> you can get mad at me. I'm not doing it again. I'm not going to be a part of that. The only thing I'd say on that, and it kind of goes back to the same thing, like Saturday mornings, I'll watch game day and I'll tweet making fun of them for whatever nonsense is going on that week. And inevitably, I'll get people who come back at me and say, why are you watching that nonsense? They suck, blah, 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 blah. But my point is, they've got the biggest platform in this sport. So if we just let them do what they did, which is what they did for the last month, dictate this how this was going to play out, 
somebody's got to push back, you know, and I don't know, maybe we don't have the platform to do it. Maybe if all the different school websites, you know, step up, maybe there's, maybe there another network will get involved. Um, but you know, right. It just feels like there has to be a way to push back. So I get your point, but if we just close our eyes and ignore it, they'll just set the narrative, set the agenda and nobody will ever say anything. Well, I guess my point, Ira, is is the narrative they had for the first five weeks was fine. Florida State's doing no. fine. They're doing what they have to do. They they were yeah. fourth. They were right where they needed to be. There was nothing wrong with the way they ranked Florida State, in my opinion. They were ahead of every one-loss team the whole season until it mattered most, and then it didn't matter at all. That So what's the point of even watching that show? Because they're going to do at the end of the season what they need to do to get the right teams where they want them to be. Um, and it, it does not matter those four shows leading up to, I'm not saying that the, I'm not saying we, we would just be quiet. I'm just saying it's, it's pointless to put any credence into it because it does what they did the week after the Florida game had no relevance at all in what they did when it actually mattered. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. My bad, my bad, buddy. No, I, I just guys, I mean, I, obviously if you're talking about the two different things there, the reaction show, I have said is useless in in the the, the college football playoffs yeah. revealing show. That's always been a, a made for TV event. They take turns saying ridiculous things intentionally. Um, they're not consistent week to week. We we get all that. The to Iris' point about watching game day, I think speaks to a larger point, which is that man. I never wanted to buy into the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory BS that uh, the lunatic fringe espouses on a regular basis to try and um, attach meaning to what they're seeing when it dis- when they disagree with it, right? So what they do is they they chalk everything up to a vast conspiracy. And those that traffic and peddle in conspiracy theories are usually stupid, and so I don't give them a lot of time because I won't suffer fools. But what they did by going ahead and lending credence to those conspiracies now is create a situation that's untenable. I mean, for every insane thing you've ever heard, every conspiracy theory you've ever heard was lent credence to in the world of sports. Not just lend credence to, Jeff, like validated. There's there's no way you can explain. Yeah. There's yeah. no way you can explain how Dan Orlovsky and Mac McElroy could completely do 180s. Correct. Completely do 180s in the last couple of days when they got their directive. And you, you go back to the stupid ass narrative from Kirk and those guys before Jordan even got hurt. Yeah. And then the that, way they celebrated when Alabama won that game. I mean, this is not this is not tin foil. They've told us what they're gonna do. They're going to do whatever the hell they want to do to get the SEC in. And that's what that's a point I made yesterday on the show, too, which was that, hey, at least it's now out in the open, man. I said right. it's just like racist. I'd rather just know you're a racist so I can avoid you. And I know you're not credible. And I know you're a bad person. And I know you're walking around with hate in your heart. I hate the people who pretend like we're friends and that you're kind and righteous and have character and then turn around and, you know, are, are bigoted. Now we know what ESPN is. Now we know for sure. There's no longer any, you know, there, there's no gray area here. They're carrying water for their, and they have financial stakes in doing so for the SEC. That's what they're doing. Every time I heard that from the fan base in the past, 
I'd be like, well, come on, man. It's a guy who disagrees with you about your team. Right. It doesn't mean that he's devoid of character. It means he disagrees with you. Now, sorry, I, I was wrong. They, 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 they clearly have decided to side with their financial partners that have a greater financial stake than they do in the ACC by far. And, and it's not necessarily, although some people might disagree, I don't know that it's an anti-FSU bias. It's just right. a it's pro, a pro SEC, SEC bias at all costs. That's the difference in the conspiracies. I don't think ESPN's necessarily been out to get Florida State for 30 years. Correct. Uh, it was just that Florida State was in the crosshairs because Alabama needed to get somewhere, so they they gunned them down. And I'll go back to what Iris said. I when the when the selection show started on Sunday, and I, I haven't watched one of those. I don't think I even watched it in 14. I've never watched one of those. Um, when when I heard McElroy say, look, it's got to be Alabama. Alabama, if we're doing the four best, it's got to be Alabama. I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, because he had not been that guy all year. He had been the guy that had been holding steady, saying, no, if you're if you're the top four, you're, if, you, if you're undefeated, you're in. And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes before the reveal, he's saying something else. I'm like, okay, well, somebody got to him. And maybe, maybe, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there, Maybe he did legitimately change his mind on his own without being told to. It looks so horrendous. You can't do that because he's he's so adamant. So is Orlovsky. They were adamant like Booker McFarland was adamant five days ago, a week ago, uh, two the days wins ago. Ma- wins mattered more than anything. And then all of a sudden, nope, you got a backup quarterback. You can't compete. It's just that's what's so disingenuous about it. At least Kirk. You know where he stood from the start. He didn't want Florida State in. Um, and, you know, it's the tail wagging the dog. I brought this up on War Chant uh, on Wake Up. Do y'all remember that uh, the the uh, scandal from Mike Book? It came out years after the Iraq War, but it was about all those retired military officials that would go on those shows on MSNBC <clears throat> and CNN and Fox and talk about why it would be a good idea to go to do this, to go into war. Right. And they're supposed to be speaking independently, but it, they, they do these records requests and find all these emails and text messages from the administration to these people telling them the talking points to get America on board to go to war. And obviously, this is a football show. It's not a war show. It's it's not nearly as important. I get it. But the point remains, people that are supposed to be independent thinkers that are just telling you their personal opinions are being directed by the people that are pulling the strings. And that's what's uh, that's what was so infuriating and enlightening, I guess, on uh, on Sunday. Ira, doesn't it make you one of the I think we're talking to a bigger issue here, though, that doesn't even involve Florida State. It's the ruination of a sport we loved. It's the lack of uh, integrity. Uh, It's listen, we understand we're not naive children. We're grownups. We work in the industry. We see things all the times to make you recoil and find it, you know, that isn't on the up and up and that is troublesome. So it's never been uh, all roses, but that said, you you thought that the games mattered. You thought that ultimately, no matter what all the other stuff behind the scenes is, and it can be ugly, the games still ultimately mattered. And that's how you could say, look, I'll deal with this. I'll deal with the underbelly, the seedy underbelly of the college basketball world, the college football world, or whatever it might be, because – Ultimately, the games are going to get played. Somebody's going to win them. Somebody's going to lose them, and they're going to matter. Man, Sunday kind of makes it hard to care about college football. And 
Nobody likes to say that out loud. We make our living in this sport, so it affects us financially, but it also affects us emotionally because we all grew up diehard college football fans. We love the sport or we wouldn't even be doing this. And they attacked it. I got a I got a phone call Sunday night from a uh, a media member that covers another team that doesn't even he doesn't I mean it's not like he hates Florida State but he doesn't yeah, care about Florida State yeah. at all. Was it five? And Bob? he uh, no, he, but he uh, man he I was like I I think he was calling me to like counsel him, like he was sad, um, because we all love the sport. Yeah, it's and, heartbreaking. And you just want to, you know, this wasn't a situation where I get how we got to this place where we're giving a committee the right to choose between this 10 and one team or 11 and one team, that 11 and one team, or, you know, whatever apples to apples, you know, we got to pick somebody. We can't let everybody in, but to take a team to take two teams that each lost games and were not like incredibly dominant the rest of the season, they had like ugly moments and this yeah. and put them over a team that despite anything that happened won every freaking game. I mean it's just it's it's appalling and I'm you know it was not, the one the only nice thing about it is that it was cool to see I mean everybody came b- bitched about this on Monday. I mean from the Lebertard show those are Miami guys to people I mean just every anywhere you went NFL people NBA people Jermaine Johnson's at a press conference with the Jets He's going on a rant about it. This is universally panned. Everybody is ripped it. So for the, you know, and then ESPN Heather Dennis puts out her story where the committee members were so broken up. They were so, they couldn't believe they had to do this. It was so hard to do. Well, then what the hell did you do it for? Everybody knows it was the wrong decision. They knew they felt, well, we got to go to break. They, They felt bad because they knew what they were doing is a crime. The yeah. games matter, man. Right. The games matter. And the reason that non-Florida State fans and why a Clemson fan, a Miami fan, a Michigan any fan of anybody. I had one of my buddies is a bull gator, lifelong gator, called me and said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is so wrong. I know that's chiding to you right now, and you don't want to hear it from me. But in the spirit of competition, I can't believe what I just witnessed. That is the sentiment of the vast majority of people who actually care what it means to compete and the sacrifices that are made by student athletes and coaches and fans financially. I mean, we all want to believe the games are on the up and up. This is why, man, this is going to have more football fans run into the arms of the NFL than ever before because they do decide it on the field. You can hate everything you want about the NFL, but there's going to be a playoff and those teams are going to play. And you know what? We all know the 18 and 0 new England Patriots were better than the giants, but they played the super bowl anyhow and the giants beat them. And that's the way it works. So those games get decided and a champion is crowned because of it. It's not a committee of dumbasses carrying water for a league who has financial in- I mean, that whole thing reeks. It yeah. flies in the face of why we play. It, it's, it's, this is, it makes it very, very difficult. And I think, I don't know that college football is going to be the same moving forward. Well, I'm pretty sure it won't be. 
Well, well again, they well, they what you can come back to is well next year won't be a problem. Yeah, uh, it'll be you'll be arguing about the 13th team instead of the 12th team. There'll yeah, be four and that SC. matters, Corey. But that, that that matters. You're right. 13 is not nearly as passionately argued about as five or four. I got you. But what I would tell you is that if I think the fix is in, and there are 10 Big Ten and SEC teams in a 12 team <laughs> playoff. No. Oh, I, look! Be, I'm with be, you, yeah. it, and I don't even care about that. I don't care if they get it if they're completely fair and accurate from here on out. The 2023 Florida State team got, got screwed. Up. I don't care if the 2024 Florida State team gets in with a seven and five record to make up for it. The 2023 team deserved a chance, earned a chance to go try to play for a national championship, and it got taken away. So, effing Nick Saban can go chase another one. There it is. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues now. Yeah, you know, it's been heartbreaking. I think we all stated this in our various forums um, that – that Florida State team is really likable. We covered this team, and the fans loved this team. And for the right reasons, they they were asked to buy in. They were asked to commit themselves. They had to uh, take it on faith uh, that Mike Norvell and his staff would do right by them, unlike the previous regime and the one before that, right? So you had a lot of kids who bought in and worked hard and overcame all these injuries and overcame, um, you know, these, these horrific sets of circumstances that Florida state football found themselves in, not just on the field, but look, I mean, this was a five and seven team two years ago. Yeah. So here you were, um, you know, committing to something. And then this was the climb to the mountaintop and we all documented it and watched it. And then they get screwed. It makes it all the tougher. It's that's think, the hardest part. Think about, and you saw this up close from where you were sitting. But Tatum Bethune in that game, and, and man, oh. winning it, winning an ACC championship is phenomenal. It's great. They'll they'll appreciate that. They'll get rings for that. After Florida State went nine years without one, they're going to appreciate yeah. that. We used to dismiss them, but we don't anymore. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you're right. But Tatum Bethune early in that game goes out with an awful knee injury. You were down there. You saw it. You didn't. You thought he was, was done, right? I was like, I thought he well. Ira, Corey, where I was, he he walked right towards where I was, and I and I'm like, are you effing kidding me? That this guy, you can't miss that guy. That guy cannot miss this game. Not and, in and, that and, game. Not in not that, that game. game. No. Right. Yeah. And 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 I'm watching the way he's reacting, his body language. Ira, there you go, body language, the look on go. his face. Yeah, he was furious because I think he thought he was done, and he emerges out of that tent with that knee brace on, and he can barely walk, barely walk. For the first 10 steps that he takes, I'm like, oh, he's done. He's done. He can't even walk. How is he going to run sideline to sideline and make a tackle? And yet, go ahead. So Adam Fuller, so he talks to Adam Fuller and basically tells Adam Fuller he thinks he's done. And Adam Fuller basically kind of gives him a pep talk and says, look, man, this is it. You can play. You can do more than you think you can. You can play through pain. And the guy goes out there and – I mean, has an incredible game. He has the two plays of the game back to back, where he strips the ball out on the which should have been a touchdown catch, and yeah, then come back to the next play. Yeah. Next play gets an interception, and that guy probably shouldn't have been on the field. And I'm sure the ACC championship game meant a lot to him, but you have to believe what really was pushing a lot of those guys. And there's other guys too. Everybody goes through pain in a football game. Was this chance? The other thing that stinks about this round, this really stinks about this, is 
you'd like to know when you have a team and you have, you know, brothers, they call each other brothers. And if you've got a team, you'd like to know that it's over before it's going to be over. You'd like to, you know, you, you don't want to find out after a game that, okay, that was it. Because the reality is a bunch of these guys aren't going to play in that orange bowl. Of course. So that was, that was the last time they'd all play together, but they didn't know it going in. That sucks. They had no idea. They well, they were completely nice blindsided. They were told this is an exhibition game. Right. Or if going into that game, they had already been moved down to eighth because they didn't have their quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they didn't, only because I don't know how they play if they'd have known going in that it didn't matter because I do think the lasting image that we'll have of this team, uh, in my opinion is, is anyway, is Fisk and Verse just completely – dominating a decent offense in a second half, just completely overwhelming them, completely overwhelming them. I'll always remember that. And I don't know if that happens as much. Corey, that's a good point to make because I want people to understand nobody really did that to Louisville's offense this year. What would you can look at, you know, I'm a geek. We dove deep into all of the advanced metrics going into We had a lot of time to diagnose the ACC championship game, and I knew I was going to be doing a pregame with Tom, and I thought, okay, well, let's let's figure out what they really are. We know the quarterback's kind of average, but we know John, Jeff Brom is a really good coach, yeah. an X's and O's guy. I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. And I went position by position and looked through every offensive number, looked what they were, right? Not just what the score said, but what are they? Corey, they are a top 25 offense in yeah. a myriad of categories. This is a good, good offense, which is led by a really smart coach. And they got dominated. The players not only dominated, Fuller deserves a ton of credit because he adjusted to those adjustments that Brom made. You think of that first drive of the second half, Louisville's yeah. moving the ball. He clearly found something. So he comes out of half, and I, I knew Braun would do this. They come out with the option play, all that stuff. Florida State's kind of reeling, right? But they yeah. buck up the same way they have all year long. They get a stop in the red zone, right? They don't give up the touchdown. So then all of a sudden you see that adjustment. It's over. Like Katie Bart, once he figured out what their adjustment to their adjustment was, it ended. Yeah. This was thorough domination from a defense that carried the day because they knew they had a freaking third string true freshman quarterback making his first ever start who was saucer eyed and the speed of the game was killing him. He had yeah. no chance. And they just went and won the damn game. And that's what told, made it. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what made it so cool. And that's what, that's what's so frustrating about all of it. One of the things there's a myriad of things, but, uh, We don't get to celebrate that performance because as soon as it happened, the next day you're gut punched and it's almost like it's forgotten. Um, But it isn't. It should never be like this is a 13 and 0 football team. This is a 13 and 0 football team. I hope they put a banner somewhere. I was tug at cheek about putting national championships. Yeah, but they should, you, they should at least rec- you recognize yeah. great achievements. Thirteen and zero is a great achievement. You yeah, and it, it ain't, I don't crazy. care what happens in South Florida. This is a undefeated football team. That game is a spring game. It is an exhibition game where most of your good players aren't going to play. There's not. It just doesn't matter. It's an exhibition. So this team went undefeated. And, I, and it will be remembered forever. It really will, especially if this program is back to where we think it is. This is the team that did it. No, and I, it, I agree. Oh, I'm go ahead. Sorry. sorry. No, I agree with all that. I, I, I'm i going to push back a little bit on the Orange Bowl stuff just because I get it. Um, but George is probably going to care less about this game than Florida State does. I mean, George has been – they were number one for three straight years. They won two straight national championships. I got to think 
that they're the concerns about Florida State guys caring about this game. I get it, but Georgia. I mean, why would they care? So this there is an opportunity here to go fourteen and zero and make a statement. I don't know who else is going to be there. Well, that's the but issue. I'd like that's... to think they're going to play hard and play well because you do have a chance to go fourteen zero with a win over Georgia, which would be a nice double fingers again, double birds again to the selection committee. So I, I just don't nice. want to dismiss this team completely. Anytime you tee it up, you want to win a game. So I, I'd, I'd like them to win and play hard and play smart and find a way to win. But I, I do. I, I think this game is really going to lack uh, substance. Georgia's players aren't going to play, to your point, uh, Ira and Corey. And I, I, come on, man. Keon Coleman's playing in this game. No, we think we think Jared first is going to play in this game. No, but you know, but uh, Hakeem Williams might be back. Um, well, you know, you're right. I mean, there's, there's, there's good players that need a chance to play. Yeah, I, I agree with but, that. But oh, well, let's go to break because I want to talk about this real quick on the other side. Seminole headlines, ninety-three-three real talk radio, war chant TV. Seminole headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Corey, before break, you said you wanted to talk about the game. We were just talking about the Orange Bowl for those just tuning in uh, and, and who's going to play, who's not going to play, and how much value we place on that football game. Uh, we were also doffing the cap to this team and their accomplishments and what they did and how that cannot be sullied uh, no matter the result down in, in the Orange Bowl. I think, you know, Iris' point about Georgia not caring, I, I 100% get and understand those guys haven't played in a meaningless game, like a game that doesn't determine a championship in three or four years, three years. But Florida State just played a whole season that they were told was meaningless uh, by, by the committee. So it would be understood if they're a little bit disillusioned with the idea of a postseason football game. It, it, but moreover, if both teams' best players sit out, which will, the draft-eligible guys, if most of them or a good portion of them sit out, well, you know, you're still in the rebuild phase. Your depth isn't Georgia's depth. And, and that's where I get concerned that people are going to look at that game with your backup quarterback and Keon and Johnny and Jaheim and other people maybe not playing and being like, see, told you they didn't belong. Oh, that- as, opposed to, as opposed to the flip side of not giving a crap and getting boat raced and then, then proving it. No, I'm right. not saying I, mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not saying Florida. I'm not saying that all of Florida State players wouldn't give a crap. I'm saying if their best players sit out, Ira, they're no, not I equipped. They're not equipped to handle Georgia's. Florida State's second string is not Georgia's second I, string. I, I, so I, that, I, that I understand. I understand. I just think we just talked the first, you know, whole segment about how the media can build a narrative and how that can affect things. I just think if if we sit here and talk about this game not meaning anything. And then the fans follow that lead who probably already feeling that way. And nobody wants to buy tickets and, and they just walk around all month saying, who cares about that game? I don't know. I don't know if it has any bearing on how the team feels or players feel, or if they're deciding whether or not to play or not play. I just don't think it's a, it's a, it's a great mindset for a team. Again, you're, if Florida State doesn't show up in that game and gets punked, it it's going to make everybody else, Nobody's going to care who played or didn't care. They're going to say, see, the committee was right. So I think, man, if I'm Mike Norvell, he's got to do an awesome job to keep as many of these guys focused as he can and try to get those guys who haven't played. Because they've got guys, Daryl Jackson hasn't played all year. Hakeem Williams hasn't played since early in the year. Um, they've got uh, other offensive linemen who haven't played much because they've been sitting behind. So I think there, there's, there's a lot to be gained from this game. I just don't want to dismiss it for an entire month. 
because there is, I think there's a lot that can be gained. But I don't think whatever happens. I guess my point is no matter what happens, this was an undefeated season. What we will see in the Orange Bowl oh, is not the team that would have played Michigan or Washington in a game that actually mattered. Uh, that that's sure. that's that's my. I, I think point. I think reasonably intelligent, fair-minded people will understand that, and I think we're talking about a couple of different things. I I agree with Ira in this in, in this respect. I don't know that you're going to get the fans to care that much about this game, and I don't know that the star players are going to play in it. But I do know Mike Norvell is going to coach the kids who are playing in it very hard, and he's going to care. And those kids should care because it's a hell of an opportunity at this point if you're Hakeem Williams and these other guys to take a big step forward going into next year because that season's going to matter, and they're going to play it no matter how we feel right now. And they're going to need – got a lot of guys competing for jobs, a lot of guys competing for spots, and guys who want advantages as they go into the spring camp. One of them is that quarterback. I mean, Tate Rodemaker's – Probably going to need to play well here, guys, at some point. Um, this would be a, a pretty interesting set of circumstances for players who haven't been on that field as much as they would have liked. So that part I get. I mean, I know this. Anytime you dress for a football game and there's really good athletes on the other side, your pride kicks in. You don't want to get embarrassed. Now, again, it's a different team, to Corey's point. We're not going to see many of the stars, including Jordan Travis, unfortunately, who's yeah. obviously not going to play in the game. I get all of that, and that's true. That's why it's not reflective of the group that just won 13 straight. But the kids that are going to play care about competing, care about how they're viewed, care about lining up and winning play to play. So, yeah, the guys that do play – are going to play hard. I, I do think Hakeem Williams would play hard. I do think Destin Hill would play hard. I do think, yes, agreed, agreed. The other, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is, is as frustrated as everybody is right now, this whole situation is going to be remembered for decades. You know, like I, we, yeah. when, uh, we, when we were at the party Friday night in Charlotte that the Charlotte Seminole Club hosted, yeah. thanks to everybody that came out. We had a great time. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, there was a, one guy who came up to us and was talking to Corey and I, you may have talked to him too. He was at the Lane Fenner game. Oh yeah, and, that's right. And that's that's how he greets people, you know. Like he comes. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, that yeah. was like the first thing he said. I was at the Lane Fenner game, and it's just you think about the times in your life because again, what we all love about sports is that it is, you know, meritocracy, and you're competing, and the best man should win or best woman should win. And this is like a silly little thing, but I think it's it just illustrates to me how important this will be years and years down the road. So when when Corey and I worked – well, this is before Corey got there. When I was in Thomasville, High, Thomasville and I was mid-90s, and I was covering Thomasville High School's girls' basketball team, right? They had a girl named Lakeisha Springle who ended up playing at Florida State. They got screwed in the in the state playoffs. They went up to a, a turn, state tournament in Macon. A girl from the other team, Thomasville High, was up at the end of the game. Girl, They were up by two. Girl from uh, the other team comes down, shoots a layup with, like, time expiring. They call the foul. They call it a three-point play. They win the game. The the basket the ball didn't go in the basket. The ball wow. did not go in the basket. I saw it not go in the basket. Thomasville's coaches were going crazy. Margie York, they were going. The ball didn't go in the basket. Holy moly. The referee, like, yes. So I've always, you know, it's just something I've remembered. It happened. We uh Kim and I and the Linnefelts were up at a, a bar um Tavello, the the in new brewery up in Thomasville like a month ago on a Friday night, Lakeisha Springle happens to be there. And so she's sitting at the bar with a couple friends and I'm telling Tim and, and, and Zoe and Kim this story 
because it's the first thing I think of is how they got screwed in that game 30 years ago. And so, but I'm thinking she doesn't know who I am. I'm not going to say anything. Well, I go up to the bar. She says hi to me. She remembered me. So we start talking and I bring her over to the table and I said, you remember that game? And she lost her. I mean, she, the, the anger, and this was a high school basketball game 30 (laughs) years ago. So just imagine how this, we're going to be talking about this, this situation for decades. It's uh, do you, do you guys remember the name Armando Galarraga? Yeah. So he was the guy that got robbed of the perfect game with yes. two outs of the ninth, with the umpire missed the call where he touched Joyce. The face. Joyce missed the call. He's remembered more than people that pitched perfect games. <laughs> like you know what I mean? There, there yeah. is an, there, there is that that to me that gives because look, man, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer it's probably a good chance that Florida state would have lost one of the next two games. We're not sitting here thinking this team was absolutely going to no, win a national fair. championship. They earned the right to go have somebody take that's it. That's the them. argument. It's not what we think we right. have to right. play to find they, out. They earned the right to have somebody go prove it. Uh, but what, what I think is kind of cool about it is this team now is forever etched in college football history. It is the team that got screwed more than any other team. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. in the, the whole country kind of wrap their arms around this thing. Like people that are casual sports fans or hardcore college football fans. I have a Michigan buddy who's number one. They're number one, by the way, that says, screw this stupid sport. That's unbelievable. And he's not a Florida state fan. He doesn't care one way or the other. I mean, I think he'd rather play Tate Rodemaker than Alabama, but that's beside the point. Um, it's it just, it was so off putting to so many people. And I think Florida state will always have a, a place in people's yeah, but, heart. They, they've earned that. They, at least they've done that, that they were so uh, screwed. It's such a crazy screw job that people remember. It's like 72 Olympics. Yeah. But the 72 Olympics didn't see the United States receive the gold, Corey. And the Florida State Seminoles may be felt sorry for, but that can never be undone. They yeah. can never, they're being remembered for the moment the sport changed for the negative yeah. forevermore. It's like, yeah, it's nice that people empathize with Florida State's plight, but we're talking about the significant downturn of a sport that we love, the integrity of the sport forever being called into question now. Yeah. It's and, and the people that talk about it most. Like, oh, I, good, good luck, Herb Street. Damn word that any they. That's the other thing. Good Whatever luck coming to Florida State had is gone. Yeah, it's, it's gone. gone. Nobody cares about it, and they're going to make fun of Florida State fans for years about let how they think this conspiracy. Let me ask you a question. Do you think? Because I sense a little bit of it, and I was shocked that there were a few key, ultra high figures on the totem pole at ESPN who immediately pushed back, like. Mike Greenberg is high on the list yes, of powerful, yeah. important people at ESPN. Okay, He's got a much, much bigger platform than Kirk Herbstreit. Yes, he does. And he came on and basically called this whole thing a mockery and said it, it run, runs counter to anything we've ever believed about sport. So do you think there are some regrets? Well, do you, do you think there are some people who are thinking long and hard now that it's done? It's one thing to throw it out there in the ether and suppose hypothetically yeah. that this could be the case. But once you actually follow through and turn your back on the integrity of the game and make wins and losses not count, not matter, you have fundamentally altered what we're doing here and what we're watching here. I think um, I don't know if there's regrets on individual minds. 
Um, and I definitely don't think ESPN has any regrets because I think they got what they wanted. They wanted the SEC. They yeah. wanted Alabama. And they got them. Um, what I do think is two things. One is Kirk Herbstreet was pretty well beloved in, in college football. I mean, every fan base, I think, even when he said something negative about it, I was mad at him when he ripped Florida State's players for not shaking hands after right, the, right, right, the, right. the Oregon game. So there are times here there, but but in general, you'd watch him and you'd like, that guy knows college football. Knows he that he loves cares. College, he, cares he cares about college football. He's passionate yeah. about it. And he, to me, completely lost all credibility. Like, Because he's the one that carried the water all month. I'm done with that guy. Um, and, and so there might be some regret down the road. What I do wonder is, is there any chance that this leads to real, if I can say reform, but at least acknowledgement that we cannot have a system with one network, ESPN, propping up the SEC, another network, Fox, propping up the Big Ten, as we go into this 12-team playoff where it's going to become the ESPN Big Ten, the Big Ten SEC challenge. Is there any – because if there's not some sort of independent governing body that doesn't just acquiesce to the TV partners, then the sport's kind of screwed. So I don't know, is there any way that this leads to any sort of – I don't, you know, reform is not the right word, but, but just well, you, sort of like an impetus to, to, to bring that in. You know, you think back on this and I remember having a conversation and Corey, you were ringing the bell too. We were talking about who is standing up for what's good in college football while we watch conferences, hijack teams from other yeah. conferences. Right. And we were saying, this isn't for the good of the game. And I remember at that time thinking, well, you know, in the business world, the way that this thing gets stopped is there are antitrust laws right. and people get sued when you do what these conferences are doing. And how do you apply that to the college football world, to the NCAA? And I, I figured there had to be a way that somehow legally you would need to find a way to step in here under antitrust laws and say, this ain't it. You can't right. do this. You can't just walk around and snatch everybody's best teams and bring them to your conference. It's not good for the good of the game, et cetera. Um, you know, in, in baseball for years, I remember uh, laughing at George Steinbrenner when he obviously didn't want any sort of the, the taxation that went on uh, salaries for the team. And I remember saying, can somebody tell George Steinbrenner that this is a trust and that, by the way, the Yankees can't play the Yankees? Yeah, yeah, year. they have to play other teams. They have to play yeah. other teams, and it, the Yankees won't exist if all the other teams can't compete because he can spend $700 billion on a – it's not good for the sport. It's a trust. So the commissioner steps in and goes, uh-uh. But there was no guidance or czar governing college football, the NCAA, while all this was going on. This is almost the inevitable conclu- conclusion, right? Well, it, look, Jim Phillips did his best. I think we all understand that. He tried. He he carried the water as much as he can. He's in a hole somewhere. Have we checked on him? Does he even exist? I mean, it's you know, it's funny. Joe Ovies, who used to have a show on radio in, in Raleigh, who now has a, a podcast, he talked about, and he's been a guy that's been anti-FSU or pro-North Carolina uh, colleges for years, um, basically saying Jim Phillips is an empty suit. And he, he let the entire conference down. And those people don't like Florida State up there because no. of what happened this summer. But they he's like, they you can't let that. You made your conference completely irrelevant in football. 
You it's just a group of five. out of the water, Corey. It's, it's a over. group of five. It's a group of five conference. He said the ACC Wait. football is dead, and Jim Phillips didn't say boo to anybody. Greg Sankey's gonna... on fine bomb all Dude, the time. Speaking I love how – no, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, speaking of boo, what are yeah. we doing here, my boo. man? Screw that guy. Screw Jim Grobe, who's on that committee too, who's a football What are coach. we doing here, They all, boo? They all get the double fingers. But here, you know, the yeah, the, the the whole thing on game day, Saturday morning, I could not believe what I was watching when they bring in Greg Sankey to just stomp for 15 minutes about the SEC. They oh, should have they should have had Jim Phillips in the background stuffed in a trash can. Yeah, yeah. Or in a like, lot. Yeah, you're right. Just like trying to get out and they just dunk his head back in. McAfee just pushes his head back down. I also loved uh, you know, and again, so many media came out after the fact to 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 defend the Florida State, which yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, where were you when the whole conversation was going on in the first place? Like, yeah, that's the thing. And the really pissed me off is like the day before the whole thing happened, Ross Dellinger and a couple other, you know, I think Dan Wetzel, media people that I respect and they do a good job, came out with these articles about how if Florida State gets left out, what they really have to blame is the ACC for not for fighting with the Alliance the to, de- to delay the 12-team playoff. Well, go f yourself. The reason the ACC fought the 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 playoff was because Greg Sankey and Swarbrick at Notre Dame pushed through the playoff model, and then once they kind of came to a conclusion of what they were going to do after the fact, they went and stole Texas and Oklahoma right, right, to the right, SEC, right. and then the Big Ten is going to go steal Oregon, well, USC, and Washington, and Washington, USC, and yeah. UCLA. And so why would the AC, I mean, so the, yeah, the ACC knows they were screwed. So they're yeah. trying to fight back. Then you're going to turn around, you screwed them. And then and you're going to turn say, around and blame them. Get yes. screwed and take yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, we got to get to hour two. We'll, we've got plenty more to get to. Here's some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 